kaze jikaze Juji kaze juji kaze jikaze Africa jikaze juji kaze jikaze America juji kaze juji kaze jikaze You are listening to African Father in America podcast by Simon Javanokelo live from Seattle in Washington USA Thank you thank you so much for joining us for today's episode of the African Father in America podcast I am in Seattle, Washington. My name is Simon Javan Okelo and uh, I am the host of the African Father in America podcast and today I have a really really special guest who is joining me uh, from across the world. Uh, her name is Miley Gasakure. Miley, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you, Simon? I am doing well. Uh, I'm doing well. You know my intention was to learn a bit of Kenya Rwanda before this show but I failed terribly <laughs> so <laughs> so uh you know yeah. one day one day I'll be able to say hi to you in Kenya Rwanda you know <laughs> Yes yeah, I yeah. think in- as long as you have intention it there then you're fine Yeah yeah and also you know Rwandese speaking Kiswahili a little bit so maybe we will slide in a few Kiswahili words here and there <laughs> Yes, yeah. there's always a way. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Anyhow, uh I'm just grateful that we have this time together here today as usual for the African Father in America podcast. This is actually episode 2. Uh, this is episode 290. 290. Wow. Yeah, so thank you uh you know to everyone who has been supporting, to everyone who has been listening. Uh but today uh we are going to share an african proverb today's proverb is from ghana and it says uh, you cannot kill an elephant with bullets of wax you cannot kill an elephant with bullets of wax and what's going to happen today is that i am going to uh, share three nuggets of wisdom that were inspired by this proverb and then we are going to ask our special guest Miley Gasakure to share with us uh her own thoughts about this proverb you know um and then after that we are going to learn about Miley's childhood story that still inspires her today as a leader especially with the work that she's doing at Mama Hope that is an amazing organization that you are all going to learn a lot about today uh and then finally actually not finally we want to hear your your voices our audience members for those who know how we do this uh those who want to contribute their voices can call in on Clubhouse which is an app where we are also live at the moment i see that mamzi uh, rushi and sara and uh, lavender are all already listening over there so uh, and also i see that we've been joined by a few people who are watching uh, the show on youtube so thank you again for the support make sure you subscribe to the channel So uh I want us to go deep into just quickly learning a, a little more about today's proverb you cannot kill an elephant with bullets of wax uh the three nuggets are as follows number one, do not try something you are not ready for number two, don't waste your time on things that don't matter in the end and then finally you need to be prepared for anything that comes your way you know uh there's always this saying that be ready so that you don't have to uh get ready you know uh but i want to bring the microphone to you uh miley when you heard this proverb when it was sent to you by lavender yesterday what is it that came to your mind uh share with us yeah Great question. I think the first thing I thought was great. I don't want to kill elephants. <laughs> so then I thought a little bit deeper from different perspective. I think um personally it's really it is crafted within what you were saying. How do we not undertake something that we're not ready for? How do we equip ourselves better? But who do we surround ourselves to take on something bigger? There is a I come from more of a scientific background so a lot of people tend to say like when you look at an elephant from different angles right you're all seeing the problem from an from an angle and you cannot answer the question what is an elephant because you're just all over the place but once you undertake it together then you're able to find a solution to the problem so that's kind of how I thought about it it was 
a proverb of you're thinking you're not going to go in with without being equipped, without the right tools, without the right community to undertake a problem. You need to be able to be equipped. You need to have the backing, the knowledge, because you might go in seeing one problem from one angle, but it is bigger once you get there and you'll need to be ready, like you mentioned. Um, so yeah, I think that was my first thinking. And again, I think I've done some more thinking this morning. I, I was walking around and then I realized, because I am currently, I'm, I'm random. I'm usually uh, always, you always find me in Rwanda, someplace around there. <laughs> um, but I am currently in Sweden. And then I was, I was looking around and I, of course, when you're in another place, right, you, you notice that you're the only one that does not look like everyone else, correct? Um, so then I thought about, as I was reading the news and looking around myself, I thought, well, the proverbs that I, that I read today um, hit a little bit too much home. I thought at home we are, I thought bullet of wax would not be a problem. Then I realized that within ourselves as Africans, <laughs> we've skipped the wax, the rubber bullets to actually go on to real bullets in terms of towards one another. How do we, even with our words, with our policies within each other's country, and I'm kind of you know going astray, but uh, that's what I thought about. I was like, okay, we have been given some kind of knowledge and we're not using it to, towards the right ends. And we're going against each other. So there were a lot of things I think that evoked, that was evoking to me within the proverb, like from an angle of an African, from an angle of a person trying to find a solution, from an angle of a person that is looking for the tools, because that's also the problem. What are the right tools, right? We're trying to solve, bring peace to the world, water to who needs it. What are the tools and who do I bring in? Because I cannot do it alone. That's something I realize. I cannot have all the knowledge. And even if I would have the, all the knowledge, I need to impart it equally to a lot of people so that we can undertake it together. So yeah, without going too much in detail, I guess that's where my mind was going into all these different directions. And it's not a good thing when you leave me too much, too long with my own self. Yeah, yeah well, uh, that's good. You know, I, I feel that these proverbs need to elicit so many kinds of thought processes, so many kinds of um, uh, reflections, you know, uh, that's the purpose of these proverbs. And that's my motivation to host uh, the African Father in America podcast. This particular show is called the Daily African Proverbs, you know, because of how many African proverbs we normally share uh, in the course of the life of this show. You know, every, every day, Monday to Friday, there's a new proverb that we share, and we've been doing it for about two years. So uh, I have to say that I'm a big beneficiary of discussing these proverbs every day and uh, centering African culture and our ancestral wisdom. Uh, for those who are just joining us, I am here with Miley Gasakure, who enjoys analyzing and, uh, uh, you know, anal analyzing and nurturing homegrown solutions to tackle global problems. And, uh, you know, as she was mentioning earlier, she's Rwandese, and she's doing amazing work at Mama Hope, uh, which is an organization that uh, One Vibe Africa, the organization I founded, is partnering with in Kenya. And there's an incredible campaign that I want you all to learn about. Uh, you know, I, I want you all to know that there are so many organizations that uh, are doing great work out there. But very few remind us that we need to put our money where our mouth is you know so many people talk about i want to go to the gym but they go to the gym in their mind they don't really actually go to the gym so today <laughs> miley is going to be sharing uh, the campaign that they're doing right now and how you can be involved uh, but before we go there you know i ask all guests on my show this question you know and i always share my own story uh, that when i was about eight years old my mom gave me a bicycle and I, be, I began distributing milk and bread for her. You know, she had uh, a, a distribution business in my hometown in Kenya where uh, she would distribute milk and bread in the slum where we grew up, you know. So as early as 2 a.m., I would be up sometime 
and uh, I would help, you know, receive the consignments. And then around 4 a.m., we'd begin distributing so that the milk and the bread are at the stores, you know, the, the kiosks before, uh, you know, before daybreak. Anyhow, so for me, these moments when I was uh, out and about in the community, connecting with business people, uh, are really the, the moments and the times in my life that shaped who I am today. That's where I get the discipline to be up so early every day and to do so much uh, with the, with the, whether it's within the community work that I do or um, the business uh, world that I'm involved in. Um, and I want you to think about one story so that you can share with us something that happened whether you are 12, 8, like me, 16, that really, really shapes who you are today as a leader, uh, you know, especially within uh, the work that you do at Mama Hope. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you, Simon. I think it's, I'll be honest, I struggled with this one a lot. <laughs> I think because um, I personally, like I said, you, uh, well, very well said it, I'm Rundan. I grew up right after the genocide. So we, my family went back at a time where it was very crucial for people to be brought together. So I can genuinely say that no two, there weren't any two days that looked alike. So I cannot say Monday looked very different for me than Tuesday, Wednesday, every day of my life looked very different as a child. And also because it was very new, you're going into, when you're rebuilding a whole country, everyone puts all hands are on deck. So you get a lot of memories from many people every day. So it was very tricky, which I think is because I, I also think my childhood was very privileged in the sense of memories, because I have too many. Um, so one of the main thing that I thought about was perhaps, I guess, what I call one bullet of happiness. One of them was when I was, I went to a school that my mother actually came and created with a few other parents. And he had a particular name. The school was called École Autonome. And in French, it means being autonomous. And the key part about this school was that it was actually an old school that was the Belgian school. So it was the colonist school, at the, I guess, before the genocide. It was like the school that was very elitist, uh, that was particular for a certain group of people that not everybody could access to. It was only for the children of the ones that were on top right um so when we came back there wasn't anything much left but my parents took the time to put the community together there was one classroom one bathroom it was just very if you can imagine a group of huddled children that are this of different age groups and they're kind of all in the same class it was really a rebuilding process so my main thing was um that at one point in time once in a year we did what we called a kermes and the kermes was the time for everyone to express their individuality, but also for children to learn to be children. Because a lot of them, once you go through this process of going out of your country as a refugee, you come back, you're seeing your parents rebuild, you're trying to rebuild. And especially, I think, at a crucial time in history where age is blurred, children cannot necessarily be children, and adults have are too engrossed within their own pain that they forget uh, how to have that rapport. It was very crucial. And that was one big day where everyone showed up. Moms came and cooked. Dads came and played. It was very strange for me and for many children. It was a whole day. It was a very sunny day. And I just remember seeing people laughing very in a communal way and it wasn't a sense of you did this to my family you did this to my it was just a very simple sense of music people were dancing i also danced at that, at that event i was not very good at it but <laughs> we were able to do it and i remember we were just dancing something in english and i had never spoken a word in english before so just imagine the big mess that it was so that was my main i think one of the good memories I have in my childhood of seeing laughter and joy just being expressed in the most natural way in, in a setting that probably wasn't what it was a few years before. 
That's incredible. I, I, I feel like I, I just traveled that journey and I was in that event dancing there with you and everybody else. There's, uh, there's something about memory. Uh, especially joyful memory you never you 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 hardly forget uh you know beautiful moments and as parents i think it's so crucial that uh, we cultivate as much joy and laughter and happiness for our children as much as we can no matter what the situation is so i really commend your parents your community for cultivating this for you all especially after the genocide and uh, you know, many, many leaders in Kenya travel from time to time to go and learn benchmarking in Rwanda uh, in regards to peace building. But now it's even amazing that they're traveling there to understand tech, to understand how to transform an economy, to understand how to build, um, you know, how to build a little Silicon Valley, not Silicon Valley, let me say Singapore in Africa. <laughs> 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 you must be proud of all the accomplishments that Rwanda is making. Are you? <laughs> oh, of course. I mean, I brag every day, I think, <laughs> you know, and it's, it's the beauty of even when you're outside of your community, I get to say, hey, look at me. <laughs> you know, it, this is even better when you've seen it grow from such a, I guess from from today to where I was a child is a complete difference, right? And I think it's a, a big pride that a lot of Rwandans have. And people are coming back. The fact that people come to see and join us is key. That's when you know you've done something good. And um, when you have nurtured something good in the next generation, because it's not, you know, like you say, we, we're only borrowing, right? We're only borrowing from our children for a small amount of time. So when we give back the world to them, it needs to be a bit better. So the fact that that happened at that crucial time, I mean, for me as a Rwandan, it's a lot of pride. It's a lot of love and it's a, it's a legacy. It's a legacy that I'm proud to share everywhere that I am. And, you know, it's a good thing, not only for Rwanda, but for Africa as a whole. I think any African will say whenever you go out, the big pride of an African is it's huge. It's like the world, you know. You're, it's like I'm from mother, you know. I'm from, I'm from mother nature. I'm from mother, the mama land. You feel it beating inside everywhere you go. So for me, it's uh, yeah, it's very key as a Rwandan. Yeah, Rwanda, the the land of a thousand hills. Yeah, so beautiful, yeah. and uh, people are so tall there, including the president. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I am not. <laughs> Sorry to disappoint. <laughs> I was just joking. I was just joking. Anyway, uh, if you're just joining us, my name is Simon Okelo. I am the host of the African Father in America podcast, and I am in Seattle, Washington, but I have been joined here by an incredible guest, uh, Miley Gasakure, who is one of the, uh, you know, program leads at Mama Hope. And uh, Miley, I would love for you to prepare to share with us, uh, you know, how you got involved with Mama Hope and uh, what is your biggest accomplishment there and uh, what is going on right now that everyone who is listening uh, and watching the show and also those who are going to be tuning in later on can really really support so uh, just those three questions how did you get involved with mama hope um, you know what is your biggest accomplishment and uh, what is the name of the campaign and how people who are listening and watching how can they be involved right now Great questions. I'm going to try to remember all of them. But yeah, I got involved with Mama Hope in 2021. I think after the pandemic, I had been working for a little while in nonprofits as well, um, as well as communities. I think oftentimes, especially when you work back home, you realize you cannot go in with one question and one solution and just do one thing. When you're there on the ground, you've, you realize that there's more that you need to do, right? You need to wear more than one hat. You need to speak to more than one person. Um, a problem is never cutthroat. So you're not going to go in and say, nutrition is the problem. Let me just feed you. No, there's a whole other holistic problem to that. You know, there's knowledge, there's education, there's even wealth. How do you create wealth within communities? All of these tiny things just kept pointing at me wanting to, I was drawn into the solution of how do we create this grassroots solutions? How do we, because I know people have ideas. I've often had 
some of the most tremendous ideas from the most randomest place in the world in the middle of nowhere and somebody just says something i'm like well this makes a lot of sense why did i not think of that right so it was in that concept that i started looking because i not only wanted to grow within my own education um, which i'm i wanted to pursue a master's degree but i said there's always this pull that i need to keep while i'm trying to better myself uh, education wise I need to just keep being in touch with the work that I've been doing. So that's when the opportunity with Mama Hope came in and I said, this is the place I want to be at. This is a place that they value community leaders because everywhere you'll find community leaders, right? Sometimes, oftentimes they're the mamas in the streets. Everyone goes to them when something's going on in their household. Like I know, you know who your community leader is, especially within our communities. So I wanted to keep working with um, community leaders themselves, grassroots organizations. And then I found a niche with Mama Hope, where not only uh, Mama Hope works with community leaders across the world, it was the concept of creating income generating projects from within so that not only are people uh, becoming independent, they're gaining some of the most basic human rights from their own leaders. You just need to impart with them you know, uh, resources without restrictions, because I've worked as a grant writer. I know how many restrictions there are outside. Whenever a person is looking for a grant, there's a whole list of things. And that list is burdening uh, for many people. So that's really why I got involved with Mama Hope and why I thought the work that we were doing and we keep doing to this day of advocating for community leaders is quite key within the space, not only of nonprofits and philanthropy, but in the space of social change, right? There's a need to have the people that are leaving their daily lives with the quote unquote problems to be at the table for the conversation. Um, so that was where my passion was. And that's how I got involved with Mama Hope, I guess. That's the long, long story of that end. So to maybe you want to rephrase the second question because I feel like I just... <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, you kind of yeah. answered it, but I want you to... Uh, and Do you feel that just joining Mama Hope was your biggest accomplishment or is there something else that since you joined Mama Hope, you feel like this? Mm -hmm. This is what I want to tell Simon today. Yeah, I think my... Necessarily, maybe the team's biggest accomplishment was starting to have going through the hurdle of working with community leaders. That's the biggest accomplishment because it's been a learning experience. Seeing um, how community leaders themselves are not necessarily, you know, included in conversations shows you that there's a problem there. So the fact that we were able to connect with our partners, collaborate on not only our advocacy, but how do we portray ourselves outside in the world? Like even being here on this platform, Simon, that's a big deal, right? It's a it's a platform to share a message. That is a key accomplishment for Memo Hope. And I think it's a it's still an accomplishment that's going to grow in the coming days and weeks and months and years. Um, but I think that that is the biggest accomplishment because not only we have a team that's representative of, of, of a lot of our partners, but they know the context. So they were able to push the message a little further. And that is the goal that we want to do. How do you actually, you know, create a dent with the voices of the communities? Um, yeah, I think that's our biggest accomplishment uh, to date. And if right now it reflects, sorry, oh, you were going to say something? No, 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 keep going, keep going. <laughs> yeah, I would say right now this is reflected in our campaign to put your money where your mouth is, right? This is our biggest campaign um, and it's titled like that because we have been seeing a lot, you know, the past two years, everybody has shifted their focus. It's been a focus on COVID-19 and then afterwards it was the war in Ukraine, then there's Afghanistan, there's a lot of things going on in the world. Every day you wake up, the climate, climate crisis, it's causing famine, food security. I mean, we're seeing it, our landscape is changing. The problems are, you know, ever so growing, just like we were talking about the proverb earlier today, it's huge. You're seeing it and it's humongous. You cannot even grasp it. Um, but we need to be able to involve people. We need to stop actually pinning down a word 
that's beautiful because I think that that's something that even us as nonprofits have been doing a lot where, you know, when you're trying to actually advertise and you make it very nice, do we say community leaders or grassroots leaders? Do we say um, community-led development or is it just social change or social impact? We've been so wrapped up into naming it that we've forgotten how to actually do it, right? We've spent so much time um, trying to pinpoint what's the, the cure to the problem of poverty, but we've not done much action within what it actually entails. So that's why our campaign, Put Your Money Where Your Mouth Is, was to call upon, to draw into the conversation, all of us, even ourselves as Mama Hope, that are in this sector of philanthropy, to actually put our money where our mouth is. How do we put it to social impact, social change, for people to own their futures, to be able to create this circular, circular economy from within, rather than for them to always be waiting for handouts or grants or... It needs to be from within our homes. I think, as I mentioned, as a Rwandan, I always proudly say I'm Rwandan because I say it's Rwandan who took Rwanda for Rwandans. So I want it to be something that everyone else can translate within their day to day, which will be also our partners, you know, all the partners that we can be able to bring on. And that's reflected within our campaign, where instead of focusing on actually naming what you're doing, and making it look beautiful, do the thing, right? So that's what we want to do. Yeah, it's amazing uh, what what you're all doing at Mama Hope. It really reminds me of uh, the drought in Kenya. Right now, this proverb speaks about elephants, you know, and since I was born, you know, uh, there has always been an annual drought in Kenya and the leaders don't put their money where their mouths, is, where their mouths are, you know including the leaders of the develop the, the developing um uh the developed countries that run big ngos usaid and all of the, uh, the gates foundation these are beautiful organizations run by beautiful humans but how comes these perennial problems they can't solve you know why can't they let the people who are actually dying of hunger solve these problems why can't they give these people the money you know so that's something that drew me to what you and mama hope are doing you know uh but i want you to take a pen and paper if you have one i want to invite a few other people on the on uh you know to give us uh, a few thoughts uh we have very very many friends who are joining us for the show today and uh, i just want you if you're going to have a chance to speak just take at most uh, a minute at the most and share with us just quickly where in the world you are uh what your thoughts are in regards to the proverb that we are discussing today and if you have a quick comment to my guest today that's also great uh, but Miley, when I bring you back on the mic, I want you to be ready with the website. If somebody is listening or watching and they want to donate right now, where should they go? That's number one. Number two, uh, I want you to be ready with how can they be involved with the campaign, you know? If there's somebody that they, they don't have the donation, but they have the time, they have their social media platforms, what can they do? So just prepare with those. Uh, as well as, of course, the website for Mama Hope, where they can find the website and be more involved. So for now, I just want to quickly bring on Lavender, who has joined us for the show today. Hey, Lavender, just quickly share where you are uh, and what your thoughts are on this proverb from Ghana. It says, you cannot kill an elephant with bullets of wax. Thank you so much. Um, hi, Simon. Hi, everyone. Miley, is nice to hear your voice and see you on YouTube. And um, this is Lavender. I'm speaking from Nairobi, Kenya. Mamzi, I just wanted to say it's nice to see you in the room. And um, my thoughts about today's proverb um, is that You can't kill someone's spirit, someone who's determined. You can't kill their spirit no matter what you do, no matter what you say. They'll always be 
at it, working towards their vision and mission. And I'm one of those people, you put me down, I'll get up nine times. Thank you, Simon. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Let's go to Airbus. Airbus, how are you doing? Where are you joining us from? And what are your thoughts in regards to this proverb? Okay, we'll go on to Mamzi. Hey, Mamzi, uh, welcome back. Uh, I see that Mamzi has a phone call, so we'll quickly go to Stella. Uh, oh, hey, Mamzi, how are you doing? Welcome back. I know you've been traveling. Uh, I want to hear your thoughts in regards to the proverb or any comment to our special guest. Hello, Simon. I have been traveling. I'm back uh, now in Illinois. i um, been sick, so I'm tuning in from my hospital bed. Uh, I've been having a lot of fun listening to, to your guest. Uh, Mama's Hope, very interesting to me. And uh, I want to congratulate her uh, uh, because I think they're really going to the root of uh, what we need in Africa to build, to build, um, to build people from the ground, you know, to, to, to empower them. And that is what Mama Hope is doing. So I was listening, very, very interested uh, to, to the interview. And I can't wait to listen to the end of it. Um, for the proverb, <laughs> I don't know. I don't have much idea about uh, that. You can't kill an elephant. Uh, to me, it, it means if, if an idea is strong if an idea like we're talking about mama's hope one person cannot come and kill that idea that that to me is like when something is bigger than you let it go you know either you you join you help or you step aside but don't step in the way that's maybe what i can say about it thank you for having me my name is mamzi don't speak it Wonderful. Mamzi, I'm sending you some healing vibes. I hope you get better soon and uh, keep up the good work that you're doing across Africa too. Uh, definitely uh, stay tuned and learn how you can uh, connect with Mama Hope because I feel that you and your organization would definitely be a great partner for Mama Hope as well. Uh, I want to move on to Stella. Stella, how are you? Uh, briefly share with us your comments and on the proverb and uh, any comments to my special guest. Okay, I'll move on to Brother Arth. I see that Stella is probably far away from her mic. Hey, Brother Arth, how are you doing? Where are you joining us from? And what are your thoughts on the proverb? Peace and love, family. It's Brother Earth. I'm coming out of the North Carolina Territory. And um, always beautiful conversation. Honest to you and all those who have spoken will speak. Um, and when... She was uh, telling her uh, story. I think that was uh, very powerful how she was describing they came together uh, at the little festival and, and was healing or the uh, play, you know, e even though they had uh, different conflicts. But to be able to put all the differences aside, uh, that was a moment of healing and to, you know, to be mindful of that and try to tap into that is something very key and essential for us, you know, to heal and unify on all levels. And, uh, you know, honest to her for that. But when I um, look at the proverb, what it makes me think of is as a little boy, you know, riding with my uncle, going fishing or something, and I see a car that I like, you know, like a big fancy Corvette or something like that. And I'd be like, ooh, I want that car. And my uncle would tell me, um, you know, to get that car right there, you can't buy that car with Monopoly money. You're going to have to do some real work to get a car like that. 
and uh, to kind of put perspective on it. So, you know, if you want, you can't uh, achieve big dreams or big obstacles without, you know, you got to have the right equipment or the right focus. And uh, peace and love, fam. Paul, my playing right there. Brother Earth. Thank you so much, brother. Uh, I love that. I love uh, stories and I love the story of you and your uncle. Uh, I love I love that. Uh, I want to welcome the nomad, the nomad woman. How are you doing today? Share with us briefly your thoughts on the proverb and any comment to my special guest. Hello, my name is uh, Nomad Woman and I am uh, tuning from Sweden. I uh, I did love the program. I did love what I was hearing. I am grateful to be here and to learn that. The, to be honest, I did not hear the proverb. If it's uh, you can't kill an elephant, if that is the proverb, then then I'll be honest that and say that I have not really understood. Yeah, no problem. Proverb, I'll sh- I'll share the proverb quickly. Absolutely. It says that you cannot kill an elephant with bullets of wax, and you don't have to share your interpretation. You can just share your comments too. Okay. And uh, no, it, it's something that I will need to go back and understand what it came from, but and of what the guest said and uh, the draw and all of that, it kind of reminded me of uh, another proverb that says, whoever relies on his companions, uh, and let's say when people are traveling and going to, you know, on, on a far journey, they take provisions, yeah, whoever trusts their companions provision to keep them out of hunger their hunger will be long they say so i mean our continent the african continent cannot rely on other people to fix their problems we need to fix our own issues meaning if we wait for other people to fix what we have saying the draw and all of that then uh, these issues will never finish i am uh, originally from somalia and uh, yes there is always annual draw or there is flooding so there is no balance in what is happening so it's time for us to give back to our continent to our people time to put our differences behind and uh, become one because we have one and the same uh, goal and same problems and that is it for me thank you very much you're most welcome. Thank you for your contribution. Much appreciated. Let's hear quickly from Kalota uh, and then Kim and then uh, Brother Tutaleni. Then we'll come back to you, Miley. Hi, thank you so much for this opportunity. Um, I'm tuning in from Iceland. And I just want to say, Miley, I really would like to see how I could support you. Um, Hey, Kalota, can you get closer to your mic? I would love for you to uh, be heard even much more clearly. Okay. Can you hear me clearly now? It's much better. Thank you so much. Yes. So I would say to Miley, I'll see how best. I really would like to support the project and to see how I could use my knowledge to, to really help. I'm originally from Jamaica, but my heart is in Africa. Um, and I feel that's that's a place that I really, really want to give a lot of energy um, to helping the people. In regards to the Proverbs, I just, when I saw it, the whole, uh, the elephant and the wax thing, I remember my grandmother telling me this proverb. This is so weird. And for me, the word she used was resilience, consistency, and you will get there. So I would say the Proverbs for me um, when I when I see the when I see because I was on the YouTube and then I came on the um, on on the on the phone because I had to come off the YouTube and then I came on again and I entered the room accidentally again so I knew this I, this is the place that I was supposed to be to have this conversation and I just want to say I'm I'm really grateful that how this pod this podcast your show has really reached the ends of the earth in Iceland, in Sweden. Think about it. You're reaching the reaching the diaspora. So I'm taking too much time, but thank you so much. And Miley, I really want to see how I can help. 
Thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much, Carlota. I can't I can't tell you how much everything you said meant to me and how much Jamaica means to me. <laughs> but uh thank you. Uh, let's go to Kim. Kim, how are you doing? Uh where are you joining us from and what does today's proverb mean to you? Hey, I'm joining from the United States of America. Um greetings everybody. Um the proverb for me honestly doesn't mean much. Um, but it made me think about um, how David in, in the um, Bible killed Goliath with just a tiny stone. So for me, I always look at small but mighty. Um, you know, I think when you use precision and the things that Carla, Carlotta spoke of, um, you know, you can accomplish big missions. Um, and so, you know, for me, it's like, like an elephant, for instance. I don't think sometimes we are aiming at something that honestly isn't the real threat or the real enemy. Like, to me, elephants are harmless unless you disturb them. Um, unless you encroach upon them, they're not going to bother you. So it's like, I, for me, it doesn't matter whether you're, you're using a steel bullet or you're using a wax bullet. You know, you shouldn't be aiming at the elephant. Um, sometimes the problem is much smaller. And we see the elephant and we get threatened. But the reality of it is that maybe we're the problem. Um and or maybe our enemy is a lot more like I level than than we know. Um, but you know we're too focused on the elephant in the room. And so for me, I just feel like you know if you're if you're gonna attack something or someone, it needs to be. Um, for the good of like yourself and <laughs> um, and the people around you, um, it shouldn't be in vain. That's beautiful. Thank you, thank you. I agree totally. And uh, for those who are just joining us, we are you know heading towards the end of our time together here today. So we are going to hear from Brother Tutaleni, who is an incredible leader, a professor at a, a university here in the U.S., but doing incredible work uh, for the Namibian community. Uh, how are you doing, Brother Tutaleni? I'm doing great, Brother Simon. It's uh, always great to be in this space to start off the day uh, here in your presence and um, the many people who come in in here. I just um, returned from from South Africa, so it was a a little bit harder to get in with a different time zone. So I'm glad to be able to join um, again today. So um, thank you for the work that you do and uh, for your resilience and in not just keeping this room going for all these years, uh, but also the work that you're doing outside uh, of Clubhouse. So we show you love and appreciation. Um, you know, I was, uh, the first thing that I, thought of when I thought of this, when I saw this, um, this, this proverb was about resilience, but then I was listening to what Kim was saying and, and, uh, thank you Kim for your contribution because you made me think about it a little bit different. Um, because, uh, the, the first part about resilience, what I was thinking about is like, it's about us. It's about, you know, um, I'm from Namibia and elephants are some of the most magnificent animals. They're huge. They don't, really bother you unless you bother them. Um, they are, are majestic, they are strong. Uh, so killing them, shooting uh, wax at them is not really going to do much. Uh, and I think that's a, um, a metaphor reference for who we are. We are majestic people. We are much stronger, we're much more resilient um, than we even give ourselves credit for. So a lot of the things that are coming at us, even though they look like bullets, they really are not. We uh, they're just wax that coming at us, and of course, if it's coming at a fast speed, it might hurt us. But we can keep on moving. Um, we can keep on moving. But I think from what Kim was saying, at least my understanding of that is, 
that uh, sometimes maybe we're looking at, um, uh, at, at, at big problems that we have in our life and we're, we need to uh, attack them with a bit more force than, than wax bullets. Uh, so I think it's most, uh, it makes me think about resilience, um, but also makes me think about maybe how we can look at our situations and problems a little bit differently. So thank you, Kim, for that. Uh, I'm totally I'm done speaking. Excellent, excellent. Thank you to all the contributors. And now I want to bring back my special guest today, Miley Gasakure, who is uh, working with Mama Hope. And uh, Miley, you had so much that everyone shared. Maybe you can reflect on them briefly and then go into, uh, you know, just quickly, because we have uh, quite a few people listening in now. Uh, we've had over 33 people who have come into the room and left. Uh, currently, there are about 14 people who are actively listening and uh, another like five people on, on YouTube uh, watching uh, this conversation right now. Thank you all so much, by the way. It means a lot. Uh, Miley, what do you think? And uh, then share with us how people who are listening right now can support the campaign. Just repeat what the campaign is as well. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, everyone. I think it's lovely to hear all these different perspectives and the fact that not only we are we tuning in from one place and we can connect to the United States, Iceland, Sweden, you know, back home in Africa, everywhere. It's lovely to know that there's a different way of thinking. Um, and I think when I talk, talk about that, I think, Kim, you took it from a different angle and it kind of goes back to the allegory that I talked about where you, you're seeing the elephant, but we're all standing at different points. So we're all seeing different things and we're interpreting it in a different way. And that's the beauty of, of you know, creating solutions, of creating, of, of coming up with something bigger than ourselves is that we have all these different people in conversation that have different um, aspects. And I think that for me, that's very enriching because I had not thought of it that way. And again, please don't leave me again too long in my own head because I might actually just start ramaging around about another solution, another way of thinking about the problem itself. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it's very enriching. And I think to go back to the campaign, as it all goes back to the idea of putting our money where, where our mouth is. And I think thinking of money just as the same thing as a proverb, it's not just think about it just as cash. Uh, our money is technically our wealth, is our capacity to give back to, to the other person, is being at the service of something greater than the individual. Um, and I'm hoping that, you know, I can rally everyone here in the room and those that left and came back and everyone that has connected from other places into the campaigns that so we are currently running the campaign on our, all our social media platforms on LinkedIn, on Facebook, as well as on Instagram. I don't know if you want me to share them in the chat, uh, which uh, I could do that. Just say that, say that. And also, uh, whoever is on, uh, available from Mama Hope that can share them in the chat. That's great. But we will also write a blog about this episode and uh, you will all be able to read it and tap on the links uh, and go directly to uh, where you can help. But keep going, Miley. Yes, wonderful. <laughs> I think, yeah, you've done all the all the work. Uh, but we are all everywhere. We're trying to rally again. We're trying to make the biggest dent we can make with the campaign where you know we've seen over the the past two years actually there's been a very big decrease in the amount of resources going to community-led organization reducing all the way to 1.2 percent of all the donations and all the gifts and if i were to give you the percentage in terms of the african continents but also what we like to call the global south that percentage unfortunately is even lower. I think when it was during COVID-19, everyone was like, okay, we're just gonna support grassroots leaders because they're there and we cannot be there, right? You talked about USAID and Bill Gates and all these big organizations. A lot of people were retracted back to their home countries because we didn't know what COVID was, right? It was a scare. But those that stayed were the grassroots leaders, the community and partners that were there from the beginning. So at that point in time, We've allocated a lot of resources to them. And then now that the shift and conversation is going elsewhere, we're like, oh, let's be done with this. But I'm thinking, and our team as well, is that this is not how it should be. This should actually show us that 
we need to continue. The ripple effect needs to continue. And I think by connecting with you, Simon, and everyone else here, how do we do that? So you can go on our website, connect with some of our partners' work. We are having conversations. We're trying to have our virtual presence so that not only you can connect with some of our partners directly, you can converse with them, ask questions, but also other people that are not currently our partners, but are doing similar work. So they're doing work at the community level. That's very important. And, and I think um, getting connected is not just through Mama Hope. I mean, as soon as you just open your door, there is a community leader right there that you go to for a lot of things. So that's already important, right? Um, so we are, again, on all our social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, get in the conversation, ask your question as bold as they can be, because the bolder they are, the bigger the questions, the bigger the answers that we can actually come up with together. Um, so yeah, so I think that's really all I have. What's Mama Hope's website? What's the URL? Can you just say it uh, so that everybody yes. listening can go there? Definitely, yes. So it's www.mamahope, and all lowercase, .org. Excellent, excellent. I just have to thank you, Miley, for uh, joining me for today's conversation. I have to give... Uh, uh, you know, Margo and Vincent from your team, a big shout out uh, and uh, really congratulate you all on the amazing work that you're doing. Uh, I also want to uh, look at the audience members and just give Fred a shout out. I see Shanda, uh, I see Miss, uh, Miss, Miss Lashe Day, uh, who've, who've been here with us almost the whole week, joining us consistently, Th Thelma and uh, you know, I see Roger joining us from Singapore, Brother Rushi, thank you so much, and Tutaleni and Kim and Coletta and everybody. Thank you so much. I deeply, deeply appreciate you. And we will see you on Monday. We'll be back here Monday to Friday, 6 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. We will love newer proverbs. And uh, I just thank you, Stella and Lavender and my team, the One Vibe team, for making this show possible. With that, uh, we've come to the end of our time together. Hey, Miley, did I not ask you something that you really want to speak about before we push the end button? <laughs> no, I don't think so. But thank you again for having this platform because I think you said one vibe. You created one vibe in a virtual way. And then that's really exciting to have everyone going at the same pace for one conversation. So thank you for creating that to the audience, to my team and every other per partners that we have across the world. So I'm excited to grow our impact together. Excellent, excellent, me too, me too. Have a beautiful weekend and take great, great care of yourself and uh, the same to everybody else. Take great care of yourselves, peace and love. Yes. African father in America. You are listening to African Father in America podcast by Simon Javanokelo, live from Seattle, Washington, USA.